Tudor, Lego Batman here. Play Podcast PD. Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators, podcast by educators. For more great podcast recommendations, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. This episode of Podcast PD is brought to you by the Education Calendar. The EduCal is a crowdsourced searchable map and calendar of education events around the world. Their goal is to help share great learning opportunities for all educators so we can grow together. For more information and to find out where you can learn next, visit theeducationcalendar.com. Welcome to Podcast PD, the podcast. This is the podcast for K-12 educators who want anytime, anywhere professional development. We are going to dive deep into the education topics that you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day, but you'll have a lot more fun with AJ Bianco, Stacey Lindas, and me, Chris Nessie. Hey, AJ, how's it going? I'm doing good, Stacy. AJ, what's going on? Things are going well on my part. Uh, hopefully, uh, you guys enjoyed your weekend. I'm coming off a week-long break, and I am itching to get back to work tomorrow. I can't wait. A week-long break? That's awesome. Yeah, we had a week-long break in the middle of February, which was a beautiful thing. But now I'm excited to go see my 7th and 8th graders tomorrow. Must be nice to recharge your batteries in the middle of February. It felt nice. I really don't have anything exciting to speak of that's going on currently, but I'm happy, and I think that counts for a lot when you're a teacher. It's always a good thing to be a happy teacher. Your kids are better off for it. I think we're better off for it. got to bring that positivity every day. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm trying to stay upbeat here. I think I think we need it. We're coming down to those last couple of months, and it just becomes this long trek between March, April, and May. So I'm going to stay upbeat here, guys. I need you to help me out here. I agree. March is long. So we'll just have to come up with some really uh, some really good episodes of Podcast PD to keep us all chugging along. Speak, speaking of chugging along, and I'm not usually good at this on my own show, you want to stay upbeat, you need people who can help you do that. And you two are definitely people who help me do that. So the main content for this episode is building your PLN. The two of you I would consider at the top of my PLN. But let's set this up. AJ, tell the people what a PLN can be or is. Okay. So a PLN for our listeners who may not be familiar with it, I go either way here. Is it professional learning network or is it a personal learning network? Because, and I say that because I look at you guys and you're not only people in my profession who help me grow, but personally, I can rely on you for several different things. So however you define PLN, that network of people that you can lean on, that you can work with, that you can relate to and bounce ideas and questions off of, those are the people that you're looking for. I'm going to say that I lean towards, and only until I heard you say it, AJ, I was one who would go, okay, you know, I have my professional learning network, which would be, you know, educators and teachers and podcasters. And then I have that personal learning network, which is 
basically anybody else who I come across who teaches me something. But the way you just described it, AJ, makes me say, you know what? It should just be a personal learning network because I may learn something from a neighbor that I may be able to bring into my classroom or my school or a professional conversation. It's all about becoming a better person, whether it's what you do with family and friends or what you do in your career. So I'm going to change my view right here and say we have personal learning networks. Um, Yeah, I totally agree with that personal learning network. Um, I think part of it, the bigger part of that for me is, is the learning, right? Like I don't care who I'm learning from as long as I'm learning, you know, it could be learning from my, my kids, my two children or learning from you two who sometimes feel like two extra children or learning from my husband or, (laughs) or learning from, you know, people on Twitter or people that I meet at conferences But really, we're going to talk about like how you build your PLN, your personal learning network. Okay. So why don't we, let's go around the horn, go around the horn real quick. So the question is, what is your first step to building your PLN? AJ, what is your first step for you to build that network of people? So for me, I'm looking for people who are like-minded. So let's forget about the tools that we could use. I know we want to talk about how we can find these people, but I'm looking for people who are like-minded. I'm looking for people who uh, have the same interests in anything that I'm doing. So if I'm building my personal learning network, I'm not going to look for Red Sox fans. So if you're listening to this and you're a Red Sox fan, I'm a Yankees fan. So that's out. So I need somebody like-minded. I'm I'm, I'm totally kidding, by the way. Um, No. In all seriousness, I'm looking for people who are like-minded, have the same interests, uh, are able to give me ideas that I can use on a daily basis and not something that's going to bring me down. I'm looking for positivity, somebody upbeat, and and we can talk about where we turn to. And I think that we're all going to kind of relate the same way. And our go-to probably is the Twitter. Lately, weird enough, it's been the Facebook, which I'm finding a lot of different connections there and I'm building my PLN a little bit more through Facebook than I have recently on Twitter. I don't know why that shift is taking place, but it's it's really been beneficial. Tell me more about that. So it's not really it's not really a movement. I haven't really moved to Facebook. I've been on Facebook for X amount of years when I was in college. Um, but recently, I've just noticed that a lot of the connections of you know the quote unquote people you may know. Um, have been the same people that I know from from Twitter or I've met at these different conferences. And I figured if the relationships are there on Twitter, why can't they be through Facebook? You know, if we're talking about a personal network of people, then we can learn about our actual lives versus our educational lives. So I've kind of brought it over to Facebook and, and uh, you know, I'm sharing different things on Facebook than I would on Twitter. I think Facebook used to be more just about family. But I think now Facebook has kind of turned to family and education. So it's kind of all about me more than Twitter. It's just been like, this is me as an educator. So it kind of gives you a different aspect of who you are and helps people see kind of what you have to offer, if that makes any sense. That does. Now, give me an example of something. You said you post different things on Facebook that are education related than you would on Twitter. Give me an example. I find Facebook to be easier with the 
searching of articles. So if I'm looking for articles from a certain publisher I'll follow, maybe it's like Mindshift or Edutopia, I find the articles there quickly. It's easy to share. I can post it out right there and I don't have to worry about going through an entire Facebook timeline feed that's all over the place and continues to update itself every second or so where I lose information. I just find Facebook to be for this, for that case, a lot easier to maneuver. Stacy, what is your first step and what do you look for when you look to grow your network of people? I have found uh, lately, I prefer to have face-to-face conversations one-on-one and then take that to um, like social media or a social network like Twitter. Um, I remember when I first started Twitter, I didn't quite get it. And what got me involved there was just finding um, a welcoming and warm Twitter chat. And for me, that was BFC 530 where, you know, 5.30 in the morning, you're talking to those dedicated people, right? So those like-minded educators who want to serve each other, serve students, and just serve education as a whole. Um, so, and because it's a 15-minute chat, it's chat. It's so doable in a, in a chaotic morning. So that, for me, was my entry point into Twitter. But more so now, I'm finding that I really do just enjoy having a really small in-depth conversation with one or two people at an ed camp or at a conference and, you know, chatting over lunch or something like that. How about you, Chris? For me, it's a lot of what you guys have both said. So I'm also looking for people, and this is where I'll deviate, who not only are like-minded, but who will push me and challenge me. I don't want to just talk to people who will agree with me. I want people who will question my judgment or just ask me more thought-provoking questions and won't let me just settle for where I am. So as much as I've said in, in some other places, you know, my word for 2017, my one word is, you know, pusher. I look for people to push me back. The, the top of my list for who does that is Caitlin. <laughs> she, she's definitely my number one pusher and, and she challenges me on pretty much everything, <laughs> but it, you know, for the positive. So I have that, um, you guys and, and everybody, you know, in the justice league, you, you guys all push me and are definitely helping me be a better educator. And, and I do get pushed to be, you know, a better person with, you know, some of the different types of conversations that we have. How do I find these people? I, I am also the one who is into face-to-face conversation, shake hands. I'm a people person. I, I am an extrovert. I, I want to not necessarily be at the center of attention, but I do like to talk. I, I will talk to anybody and I enjoy conversation and, and meeting people, shaking hands, uh, going to the conferences or, you know, being social and just going out. So th- those are those are the things that are important to me when I, when I look to grow the people around me who will make me better. You know, and that's and that's a really good thing to say, Chris, because I think when we talk about the importance of a PLN. Um, I am, I don't know, I'm kind of torn if I am, I think my wife would say I'm probably more of an introvert than I am an extrovert, but I have my moments where I, I could be a total extrovert. And I think that was one good thing about both of you. When I met you, Chris, for the first time, we met at Teach Meet in 2000, and I think it was 14. 
And I think it was our first like face-to-face encounter. And I was like, I don't know the state of this dude. I'm going to just go over there and shake his hand and say hi. And we had a nice conversation. And I guess it kind of led to more conversations like this. And then Stacey, when I met you for the first time off of the BFC chat, uh, you kind of ha- helped me out because the first thing I was like, what do I say to these people? You know, I'm meeting for the first time. You give me a big hug. And like, that was, that was a nice way to be like, oh, okay. So, you know, this is, this is, this oh, yeah, I'm a we hugger. can have a conversation. It's a total yeah. elementary thing. That's all right. That's all right. But I mean, I think if we talk about now, I was going to ask you guys, what is the importance of our PLN? But then it hit me like, that's the importance to help people come out of, come out of their shells or become somebody, something different that they didn't realize they can actually be. And I think that's whether or not they're looking for it. Well, I, I would kind of think that everybody needs that that group, whether they realize yeah, it or not. Yeah, some people aren't aware, though. I see what Chris is saying. Like, Yeah, like, like they're they, not necessarily looking for change or to be better. They might think that, okay, you know, I'm good where I am, and they're not necessarily looking to be challenged or pushed or get anything out of their, some of the relationships they have. You know, sometimes when you're not looking for something, it tends to hit you right in the face. Okay, so let's let's help those people now. Let's help those people. Those people, if you're out there, what can we do? What can we do to help those people break out of their ordinary and grow their PLN? I would say they should first, I mean, you're listening to us right now. If you're not connected to the three of us, connect with us. You know, we all have websites. We all have our Twitters, which, you know, we give out each episode. Connect with us. Say hi. Let us know you're listening. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know how we can help you. We're, we're, I mean, if you're taking the time to let us into your car or on your iPod or your phone, you know, we've already got a relationship. The four of us, you, me, AJ, and Stacy. It's all good. But if you've not said hello to us yet, either online or at a conference or someplace we've all been, come up and say hello. We're people, people. I think something that we need to do the three of us and our listeners need to do is kind of when you are at that conference, you know, pull away from your core group and make sure you're making an effort to meet other people. And I know for me, as much of an extrovert as I am, I get really comfortable with the people that I know well. And so I look to them first and um, I can be that, that wallflower when I'm in that situation where I don't know anybody. So pushing yourself to be uncomfortable and kind of move away from that group in a, in a conference and just go say hi to someone you don't know or, you know, turn to the person who sits down at your table and invite them into your your conversation. I know we do that all the time. So I know sometimes we'll sit down and it's the three of us and, you know, there'll be one person there who we might be unfamiliar with or who we know, you know, on a um, as a as an acquaintance. But it's really nice just to invite them in, talk about their their purpose for being at the conference, um, if it's later in the day, what they've learned so far. And um, I don't always do that, but it's something that I'm trying to be a little more mindful of when I find myself feeling a little clickish. You guys know what I'm talking about? No, I, I, I'm absolutely 100% with you. I do kind of tend to gravitate towards people I know and you know like talking to them. So if I've ever ignored you at a conference and you're listening to this, I apologize now. And if I do it in the future, I apologize again. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like I do appreciate, like I do like to have people come in and like join me. That's just my mentality. Like it's like, come over my house, come watch TV, come have a beer, you know? So like that, that's the kind of thing I do. So you're right, Stacey. We do kind of have those people that like, oh, come join us, have a lunch with us. Let's talk. 
but I, I'm bad about going out of my way and be like, I know that person. I'm going to go over there and say hello. And I kind of get it stuck in my comfort zone. And I know it's not the best thing to do. We're supposed to be growing and learning from each other, but I do kind of gravitate towards who I know, what I know, and where I want to go. I, so, I got it. I know exactly what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying, Stacy, and I'm going to come at it from a different angle. And I'm guilty of the same things that, that we've all just admitted to. You know, we go, we're comfortable, and we want to talk to the people like we definitely know. But the other side of it is, if I go somewhere, if I went to a conference, whether, you know, it was an ed camp or, you know, pick a conference and we were all there and I said hi to you guys in the morning and then I didn't talk to you two the rest of the day, I would feel bad. Even though I would know I would be leaving having spoken to other people, I would feel guilty that I didn't give time and attention to the core, you know, the, yeah. And there are people in my PLN who are more important to me than others. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I would feel like I hurt your guys' feelings. Yeah. And I, I'm, um, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. It's certainly just, it's a human thing, right? It's just, uh, for me, I'm just trying to be very cognizant of, uh, not being exclusive, but maybe other people feeling excluded. Um, and I think, you know, to your point too, Chris, like when we see each other at conferences, it probably happens four or five times a year. And if you think about the fact that we all live in the same state, it's kind of a sad thing, right? And while we have this every few weeks and we're certainly um, keeping up with one another on Boxer uh, pretty much on the daily, there's just something about that, like that ability to like, you know, punch AJ in the arm when I think he's feeling silly or, you know, um, or hug him when, you know, I'm feeling very sorry for punching him in the arm or just to say hello, you know, like, so that is a very... That's a very real thing as well. So I think because we don't always have that face-to-face, um, that becomes a priority when we're together. But, um, you know, I think just in general, people just need to, like, just reach out, you know, even if it's to one or two more people at a conference and, like, invite them into your circle and build your appeal in that way, too. It's just a just something I was thinking. Well, I, I agree with you, Stacey, that we should definitely all get together to eat more meals, not just a holiday party. So I, I think that brings us to another strategy in growing your PLN is to do more outside of the professional realm. Uh, there are so many opportunities wherever you are. I know there's opportunities here in New Jersey that happen, such as, and, and really the one that pops into my head is something like a coffee EDU, which if you're not familiar with that, it's getting together at a local coffee shop, pick your big box or little box location of, of choice and get together with people to, you know, have coffee and good conversation that could be professional or it could be personal, but that's something that's out there. So if you're not familiar with coffee EDU, definitely either find one in your area or if it doesn't exist, start one. AJ, what does it take to start something like coffee EDU? You know, Chris, it takes, takes nothing to be honest with you. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm a co-host of a coffee edu here with Adam Schoenbarton and Chrissy Romano. And we have a once a month at a local coffee shop here in Bergen County, New Jersey called Sonio coffee. I gotta be honest. It was so easy to do. We got, we went in there, we talked to the people who run the place. We said, look, we're going to come in here once a month. They appreciate the business. They, uh, they do well from us. We send tweets out to people that we know we can connect with and, we send tweets out to the company to remind them that we're coming. And it's a very, very simple thing. 
to just grab people who you may be comfortable with, people from your school or people from surrounding areas, get them involved, have them come for a cup of coffee for an hour and meet new people. I, I got to be honest, we joke around and call it the cool kids club because we're really enjoying our conversations on Sunday morning. So I know it sounds kind of corny, but you know, it really is nice to kind of just free your mind from that computer screen or from the normal people that you see where you work and just connect with them on a different level and have a variety of conversations. So really, if you're looking to start one, find a coffee place, find some place that you enjoy and just invite people to come. You know, it really takes nothing. And I would even say outside of the, let's say coffee is not your thing. Two other examples that popped into my head that just relate to getting together with people who you could enjoy company with. I've seen diner edu. I know that that happens here in New Jersey because we're the land of diners. Um, I've also seen Ed camp out where not just like, okay, you can go to like Ed camp, but this is like a legitimate backyard camp out that I've seen some teachers host. And even a third one would be an actual game night, get together and just actually have fun, you know, similar to maybe staying up late in college and just get together and play board games and just connect socially and develop those relationships. And I think that's, that might be the true key to all of this is developing relationships with other people. I'm totally down for a board game night, just in case we wanted to start something. <laughs> that would be awesome. Board, board game EDU. <laughs> so listeners out there, if you are looking to start a board game EDU and you are in this area, my wife and I are totally down to rock some board games. And it's not like we're competitive at all. Yeah, you don't no. sound competitive at all. Do you don't no. sound competitive. I'm, I am so laid back and low key when it comes to winning things. I do not believe you at all. You I feel like your nose is growing. You should not what? believe me. I win no matter what. That's my husband. He wins everything. We played a game tonight um, for my son's birthday, and he won. Of course, we played Game of Phones. You ever played no. that? It's game like Cards phone. Against Humanities or Apples to Apples. But with oh, your I love apples to apples. Right. That's I like so cool. Uno. Apples so. to apples is so much of an underrated game. It's good times. Hmm. So why don't we lock lock down some uh we've already established that Twitter is a great tech tool to obviously get out there and you know meet some new people who you can learn from. Again, we're talking professional or personal. What is another go to platform or tool to meet like-minded people. But wait, before you move away from Twitter, I really think that um, new users to Twitter kind of need to figure out how to build that peel in there. And I really think that it takes finding a chat that you're comfortable with, whether it be an art chat because you are an art teacher or a social studies chat because that's your content area. You know, there is a chat for every content area out there. And then there is, there, you know, there, there's mo there, there are those more open chats. Um, that kind of, you know, just try to solve all the problems in education. And those are a lot grander and you'll meet a lot more people, but I don't think your connections will be quite as strong. So I would say start small. That, that, that's a great tip there, Stace. I think when I started my first uh, foray into Twitter, if you will, was an ed chat. And from that, I just kind of grabbed people that I could follow. But then it broke off and I found like my social studies chat or the middle school chat or now social studies, uh, T-Lab, you know, chats like that, which are really small and are helpful. So I think uh, a go-to for us is definitely, definitely Twitter. 
And another, you know, going off of that social studies T-Lab, you know, if there's a professional book that you're reading, a lot of them lately have had um, offshoots of Twitter chats and just look to see if that's out there. We'll drop a link in our show notes for um, the the Twitter chat schedule that um, that's out there. It's pretty comprehensive. And we could also put in our favorite hashtags that you can find us on. That'd be helpful over at podcastpd.com slash three. That's going to be where the show notes are for this episode. So aside from Twitter, what else is out there for for people? I'm going to stick by Facebook. I know it sounds kind of old school now because Facebook was around in like the early 2000s. But I got to be honest, I think uh, uh, Facebook has been something that's been useful and helped me connecting with different people and sharing ideas and thoughts and, and articles that has helped me grow as an educator and building different relationships. So I'm going to go Facebook and you can still do the hashtags. And, and that's also another thing I didn't mention before with Facebook. If you're actually trying to communicate with somebody, you can kind of just scroll right down and see the entire conversation unfold instead of having to go through a variety of tweets where you're lost or confused or trying to put things together. So I'm sticking with Facebook. I know you guys aren't big Facebook users, but recently I, I've seen that that growing you know, Chris, yeah, you're using I, it for the House of EdTech. Right, but... Yeah, you have that. That's I, awesome. That, that, that is exciting that. to build community around the House of EdTech podcast. But that page that I've created, I, I've built it off of a professional Facebook profile. So I have two. I have a personal one that is for family and, you know, those in the inner sanctum of my life, <laughs> which which you guys are a part of. But the professional Facebook... It's a profile that basically just captures all my tweets and, you know, things I do on professional Instagram. I basically, I mean, you, you see on the screen, I got the Superman thing up and AJ's got the Superman shirt. I suffer from Superman syndrome. So I feel like I have, you know, the Clark Kent, mild mannered daddy husband thing going on. And then, you know, Superman educator, two separate, like I try and keep things separate, um, which I think might go against what I said at the beginning about wanting to meet people, but I don't need every teacher I connect with knowing, you know, my personal business, you know, I, I, I think that's where I personally, you know, draw that line. So for me, Facebook is, is a valuable tool for me as an educator. And, you know, I use it the way I use it. Um, but the reason I use it for the house of ed tech is to build community around that common interest, which is my podcast, you know, to collect, connect listeners to me and really to build those relationships among my audience and really build that that sense of community. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I haven't really muddied the waters yet of Facebook to like bringing in my uh, my Twitter PLM people. However, I do find that I'm I'm you know becoming friends with more and more of them on Facebook. Um, but I almost – I'm on Facebook every day. I'm not going to lie. But it's almost to just kind of check in and see what's what and see what my notifications are. I don't really post as often as I did, say, four or five years ago where I was posting daily. See, real quick, Chris, just to touch on what you said about coming into personal life. I, I, I mean I've thought about that and we've kind of had this conversation in, in other places before. But if I'm putting myself out here as father, husband, educator, you're basically coming into my life. So – well, I may not be sharing the meals I'm cooking. I, I am sharing that aspect of my life. So that's why that's why I have gone gone into that Facebook realm and have used it maybe not more than 
what I've done before. But now it's just kind of like that extra twist of here's a couple of things that I do as a teacher that you can take a look at or that I'm reading that you might want to follow along with as well. I still think Twitter is my go-to when I come when it comes to to teaching, but just throwing something else out there for our you for our listeners. You know what I have found myself doing is um, things in education that I think the masses need to know, like when um, our Department of Ed secretary was voted in. Some of those things. Um, I know that there was a pretty interesting article from the president of the NEA, so I shared that, and then. More recently, just the changes in the protocols for student teachers that are taking place next year. And, you know, I don't think that the average parent is aware that, you know, all students in the state of New Jersey are going to be videotaped if they have a student teacher in their classroom. And I think that they need to know so that they can opt out. And so those types of things I will put up there, but I do try. It's like a weird separation of education and family for me as well. I think another wonderful thing our listeners should share on Facebook is, uh, Facebook.com slash podcast PD. Yay. Join our community. If, if you know, you're, you're enjoying this podcast, come be a part of the group. Meet, meet, meet Stacy, AJ and I, <laughs> and uh, other people who listen and, and spread the word. I, I can actually make the official link and I'll do it as of this episode. If you go to podcastpd.com slash Facebook, that will take you to our page where you can like it and be a part of our growing community, which we appreciate. I think we use Voxer and I think we use face-to-face communication. Shaking hands and saying hello. So moving on, what are, what are we learning? AJ, you want to go first? Yeah, right now, what I'm learning, I, besides the variety of podcasts that I have um, in my overcast player, uh, I'm actually reading a book play the music for that one, right? Um, I'm reading a book called Blending Learning in Action, which is by Catlin Tucker, Jason Todd Green, and Tiffany Wyckoff, um, looking to bring about more personalized learning in my classroom. And I know that term blended learning is something that's just, well, it's just learning in the classroom. But I think that personal aspect of it and using flipped flipped methods in my classroom is really going to help me uh, over the rest of this year and into next year, uh, create a, a better environment for my students to help them learn. So that's one thing I'm doing. Also, I'll be taking part in the Innovators Mindset, uh, the MOOC that is taking place. Um, There's a tremendous sign up and tremendous push for this um, online course through that book of the Innovators Mindset, which is something I read over the summer and absolutely loved. So I'm looking forward to the YouTube videos and presenters and blog posts that will uh, accompany this online course over the next couple of weeks. I think it's actually going to take through uh, the entire month of March. So I'm very excited to see what this brings. How about you, Chris? What you got on on tab for us? I'm going to stick with uh, our podcast PD Roots. And I was introduced to a podcast officially that I have heard of. But uh, again, we were out today. So Caitlin was playing podcasts in the car. And we got to listen to a couple of episodes of Note to Self, which is from WNYC Studios. So it's a one of the more popular NPR podcasts out there. And we listened to the first couple of episodes they started in January as part of a series called The Privacy Paradox. And I'm only a couple episodes into this run of this podcast, but it's all about how much information we put out there through various social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook and Amazon and what 
we're willing to give up and share about ourselves. So I can't really say what I've learned, but as somebody who does levy social media, it has piqued my interest. And I can say here before it happens on the House of Ed Tech that there will be an upcoming episode called The Privacy Paradox, where I will go into much more detail about what I've learned about this concept. But if you're interested, um, just check out Note to Self on your podcatcher of choice, and you can uh, listen to all their stuff. And it's a new podcast that I'm now subscribed to. Stacy. Kind of going back to our roots, too, I finally am out of my deep dive into all things fiction, and I'm back to catching up on my 550-plus podcasts in my Overcast app, and um, I binged on some Hidden Brain um, today, and it was pretty awesome. I have two episodes left. One is on hold because my sons won't let me listen without them. But the two that I'm going to recommend are episodes 59 and 60. 59 is the deep story and it goes into, um, you know, um, in the months since I'll just read the little description. So in the months since the presidential election, many have noted that lots of Americans lives Lots of Americans, sorry, live in bubbles, echo chambers filled with the voices of people who mostly agree with us. Um, sociologist Arlie Hochschild felt this long before the rise of Donald Trump. And five years ago, she went on a mission to understand the other side. And essentially what she did was she left her very liberal community in Berkeley, California, and moved to the bayou of Louisiana to kind of understand um that group of people that that the Democrats missed, you know, the middle class white American who was feeling unheard. And I picked this episode and episode 60 feel like they can be used in the classroom. So episode 60 is all about um, about the um, the ban on refugees and immigrants. And it actually ties into a little bit about the Holocaust and World War II and keeping refugees and immigrants out during that time too. And the parallels and the non-parallels that existed um, that exist between the two time periods. So if you're a teacher who's looking to bring podcasts into your classroom, Hidden Brain is rich with topics. Um, They're so different and varied. You could find almost anything, but both of these, I think would speak to any social studies teacher. Um, any psych teacher or, you know, any social sciences teacher who's just kind of looking for something different and to kind of be current with what's going on in the world today. Very cool. I am a uh, big fan of Hidden Brain. So I've listened to those episodes and I can appreciate that recommendation 100%. Thanks. So before we close out episode three, we actually got some feedback, guys. Yay. Feedback is always welcomed. I don't know if it's necessarily feedback, but we definitely got some compliments. So if you have some feedback and some criticism, we also welcome that. But we would like to shout out Bruce Reicher at B Reicher on Twitter. He's a fellow New Jersey educator who is enjoying the podcast. And he let us know by tweeting to us at our podcast PD Twitter account, which is at podcast PD. So we wanted to say thank you, Bruce, for listening. We appreciate it. And we also wanted to give a shout out to Tina Monteleone. She is at Tina Monte, and she's an, another New Jersey educator 
middle school technology teacher, college professor, and she has also enjoyed the launch of this podcast and our first couple of episodes. So thank you to both of you for checking it out and helping to share the word on Twitter. So it's really nice that Tina and Bruce came back with some comments for us via Twitter, um, especially in this episode as we're talking about PLN. I don't know about you guys, but those two educators are a big part of my PLN. You know, I'm in conversation with Tina pretty much weekly, and Bruce is always telling me about the next great thing that I need to try, whether it's digital or analog. And I truly value both of them as part of my PLN. Completely agree. Those, those two are, are wonderful. And, I, and also, I, I don't know if I told you guys, but I did get a nice text from a friend of mine who actually listened to the show. And uh, we really appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the criticism. And keep it coming. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. We want to make this as, as good as it gets. So on that note, uh, the many ways that you can get in touch with us and the podcast uh, you can connect with me on Twitter. I am at Mr. Nessie. And the home for this podcast on the internet is podcastpd.com. The show notes for this episode will be at podcastpd.com slash three. And that's the number three. And AJ, what are some of the other ways that people can connect with the show and yourself? Uh, feel free to connect to me on Twitter at AJ Bianco. Um, same thing on Instagram, on Facebook. If you're looking to talk to me, if you want to connect with us, uh, you can join us on the Instagram at PodcastPD, on Twitter at PodcastPD, and as Chris had mentioned before, uh, PodcastPD.com slash Facebook. Stacey? And I am pretty much everywhere. I'm at IRunTech. Um, that's my blog, which ends with .me, and then Instagram and Twitter. Nice. Great conversation, guys. Do you think we'll do this again in two weeks? Uh, maybe we'll do it before then and be really prepared for our next our next episode drop. Okay, I'm taking that out because that just makes us sound like <laughs> ridiculous. That makes us sound like we're awful. <laughs> Can we do it a little earlier, though? Yes, we'll do it again. So, ask the question. I'll start it again, and then you could respond again. I'm trying to take this podcast to the next level, which means I want to make it easier to edit later. So, this was really fun, guys. I had a, a great time, as always having a great conversation with you. What do you think? Can we do this again in two weeks? Absolutely. I think our next episode coming out March 15th is going to be amazing. All right. You heard it here first. Be ready for something amazing that we will have planned for you. AJ is going to take the lead on that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.